Episode 11 of the Complete Inbox Podcast is finally here. It's only been like, what, half a month? That's what, two weeks? I, I'm not very good at, at my math. Phil, how are we doing today? We're doing great. And as far as I can tell, your math is excellent. That is, a, I'm pretty sure, half a month, two weeks, however you want to split it. It's It's been a while. It's been a, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. Uh, so <laughs> it has. getting another one in before July which is nice, and it, this is, the, I guess, the official 4th of July podcast because I don't know about you, we're probably not recording next week. Uh, you know, there's probably some real things happening. I don't know about what your world looks like, but I'm pretty busy next week, I believe. Yeah, uh, I, I would imagine the same thing here, although uh, I know we come back a lot of times to what's going on in Phil's life. Maybe I got nothing going on next week, but I bet you do, Rich, so either way. Yeah, because I'm think, the most yeah. exciting man in Terre Haute, Indiana, it's, that's for sure. It's, <laughs> that's exactly right, man. No, Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so what have you been up to, uh, by the way, Mr. Phil? Well, you know, uh, lately I've actually been checking out, I don't think, I think the last time we spoke it hadn't been running yet, but I've even been checking out a little bit of the, the World Cup. Uh, oh, are my, you a uh, World Cup fan? Well, yeah, I guess so. It's oh, probably, you know what, yeah, I remember Kate is a big Spain fan, right? That's why, yeah, that's really how this all breaks down. <laughs> Said I married okay. somebody who was a, a Spain fan. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've, uh, I'm, it's almost like the Olympics for me. I, I readily admit I enjoy watching soccer, but I don't really care about it except every four years. And, uh, it is that time again is that month of watching, uh, countries go at it to see, uh, who's going to reign supreme. Rich, do you, who the best around is, uh, so I have watched exactly zero minutes of this year's world (laughs) cup. Fair enough. Uh, and I feel okay about it. And maybe it's because the United States isn't playing because like you, I only yeah. care about soccer once every four year, four years. Uh, I don't watch the Premier League. Uh, I've heard some things. I know that Manchester United's good or Real Madrid. And mm-hmm. what was that like Leicester City won like uh, out of nowhere or something like that a couple of years ago and kind of turned soccer on its head. Uh, so, I mean, that I, I follow it from a distance. I have paid attention to the tables, however. I also know you don't call them uh, standings. You call them their tables. Uh, uh, I didn't know fin- that, actually. Interesting. Um, so when the first round is a table round, and that's where everybody plays a round robin, three games in your uh, group, right? So group A, B, C, yep. D. Yeah, that's right. I do know that Germany lost, oh, and they were the sure defending did. world champions. And Argentina yep. squeaked by into the next round because that was a big problem. And mm-hmm. obviously we can't have a, a good fight without Messi in there. Uh, right. And let's see, Portugal's good. Uh, Mexico is in in the next round. I'm really sc- scrapping for this right now. Belgium, I think, is in. Oh boy. Well, I know it all that sounds Senegal good. lost today uh, on yellow cards. I didn't know that you could el- literally get eliminated because you had too many yellow cards. I think that happened today. You know what? I didn't either. And considering that I was the one starting this conversation with saying I've watched it, I'll admit up front, <laughs> I've seen a handful of games. You've seen zero. And it's clear you know 10 times as much as I do about how this World Cup is going. So uh, I don't tip know of the, why, but I catch myself looking at the the tables just to find out who's moving on to the knockout stage. 
uh, sure. which is an extra. I'm using really good World Cup terms right now. I feel very soccer. <laughs> yeah, you should, I'm, dude. Dude, Take... I'm all over the place. You yeah, know what, good work. I feel like Pat from uh, the Loose Thursday podcast would be very proud of me right now and my official <laughs> soccer knowledge. Feels you should good. be. You've earned it. Let's go Neymar. Nice. Let's do it. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, awesome. Yeah. So well, are I you don't... staying cool over there? <sighs> Trying. Well, it's really kind of crazy. Coors light here. Ah, uh, excellent. You know what? I'm actually rocking a uh, Founders All Day IPA. Nothing uh, fancy as much as it. They sell it in packs of 15, and uh, I was I'm, feeling cheap. I'm. I really don't understand what I've seen on the internet lately. Is that IPAs are like a faux pas now? It's like not cool <laughs> to drink an IPA. Nah. I've I've I, never I, understood that in my entire life. I'll admit, I, I guess I saw the day coming, right? I remember when, let's go back 15 years, no one even knew a thing about a craft beer, and if you did, you were, you were being a little too fancy for beer drinking, period. But uh, ultimately, I feel like then, what was it, like Blue Moon started getting people into like beer that didn't taste like Bud Light, Budweiser, or uh, yeah. Coors Light. And then after that, uh, I wonder what IPA would have kind of broke in or if it was really kind of a bunch at once and people just kind of you know there were already a number of them out there and and word of mouth took off but yeah if i remember right being my bartender days it was like most people started with the wheat right so you started you went to like what you said blue moon with an orange in it and then people started drinking like fat tire became like a really big thing it did uh and then like who garden is that's one of my favorite wheat beers and like allagash and stuff like that kind of came up through the scene People were drinking a lot of wheat, but then uh, I don't know when the IPA switch really happened, right. and it just because a bunch of beers just kind of hap- happened all at once. Yeah, uh, it really if did. I remember right? So all of a sudden, craft beer became the new ish, and yep. it's hard to keep up anymore with with all the beers going on. But I will still drink an IPA. I'll drink that <sighs> yeah, over dude. a porter any day. I'm not trying to mm-hmm. eat my drink sometimes. Uh, so right. I don't know, maybe that makes me a, a hipster or whatever, but I will still drink an IPA. No, I, I think know. if you were drinking the porters, that, that would make you the hipster. That's the thing. Everybody's apparently shaken off the IPA. I don't know. Uh, for me, the IPA is it's just so d- damn good. Uh, I mean, not all the IPAs are created equally, of course, and some are better than others, but uh, it's going to take a new kind of, uh, you know, a beer is going to taste this good, this refreshing, that balanced to get me off of an IPA, and it's just stuff that I don't find in porters, I don't find in lagers, I don't find in saisons, or the other ones that we start to get, like Gosa and some other, you know, all those other ones out there. There, I'm sure maybe, maybe there is that kind of what acquired taste, right? But yeah. it didn't take me long to acquire one for IPA, so I'm comfortable. If I gotta be the, the the old man past his prime, drinking a boring beer, if it tastes as good as you know. Stone IPA and hell, even Too Hearted, Bell's Too Hearted was probably the big IPA that yeah, I just that found myself buying for like a out. year straight. Right. So yeah, I love this stuff. I don't I don't see myself changing beers anytime in the near future. But hey, who knows? Who knows? We're all grown up now. That's right. Well, hey, uh, speaking of grown up, I know that we generally like to talk about. Or I guess we probably talk about it less than anything. But as far as classic games, sometimes it's important to talk about kind of where games are now. And that uh, yeah. that includes these new next gen systems. So we are the complete inbox podcast. <laughs> that's true. We could, <laughs> that's true. A complete gaming. You're very good point. 
So that said, uh, E3 happened, and what I thought was kind of interesting is Microsoft was already kind of breadcrumbing their next-gen console. You know, let's see, what I guess would that be Xbox 2, or, you know, who knows what they're going to name it. Whatever but, they name it, right? Yeah, exactly, and and then they also kind of touched on the plans that I don't know they're they're not going to compete for VR in the same way that apparently Sony and and Steam and some other folks are. Uh, I don't know. Have you had a chance? Have you looked at any of this at all? Yeah, I read a little bit about it. Um, one of the things that jumped out at me it is not going to support VR, which I find very interesting because PlayStation is definitely jumping in that universe. Uh, and you and I, at Comic-Con last year in Des Moines, we tried out the PS4 VR, uh, and I didn't really love it. It kind of made me sick, because it's not like the Vive. I mean, the Vive that you have is, like, legit. Right. Um, me, personally, I don't know if I'm ready for a new Xbox just yet. Um, I also don't have a 4K TV, uh, and I still think we haven't hit that time where it's we're ready. But also... If you think about it, the Xbox One came out, what, like 2013, 2014? Uh, I think 2013 maybe is when it came out. Sure. Um, so we're about due. It's been about five years. And I can't remember the lifespan of the PS3 and the Xbox 360. I know it was a long effing time, like right. real long. So, But also you're just talking about breadcrumbing here. Now, I guess when I want to flip this back to you, is I, okay, so let me just say that I would be excited for a new console. If an, when the new Xbox comes out, I'm definitely buying it. That's a console I use all the time, and not just for games, but because now it's my official media center. And with my Xbox, now I actually watch my cable through my Xbox because we went 100% digital just like the past couple days with Spectrum. So I can't actually watch cable through my TV anymore. I have to route it through my, or not route it, but have to open the cable app on my Xbox in order to watch TV. So it's become more of a, a data center now than anything else. Uh, I will play some games, but I also spend more time watching Twitch um, than anything else. But this uh, new console, does this mean that you will now jump into the uh, Xbox One or PS4? Because you kind of you usually a console behind on these things. <laughs> That's a very good point. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because uh, when you talk about like the these gaps, right, between these uh, console releases that the hardware companies are putting out. I feel like, and this is all just off the top of my head, I, I don't have any uh, numbers in front of me to verify this is correct, but I feel like consoles came out way closer together back in the beginning, and it's almost been kind of this trend of more years in between. Like, I don't know how many years would have been necessarily between, like, the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64, but if I had to guess, I want to say the Super Nintendo was like 1990, maybe 91, and the 64 was like 95, 96. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel like it, it's gone from like five years to, yeah, what was it between the, I wonder what it was between the PS3 and the PS4, but it was longer than five. So, yeah, it was, it was way longer than five, I believe. Way Probably longer than five. Years. Yeah, yep. And so with that in mind, um, I wonder if this is just more kind of it's, they're interested in kind of getting the conversation going. I don't know exactly how much uh, truth may lie in where they're at. And given, you know, as we were just talking about, at one point they were really excited about VR. Now they're not. Um, they could easily next year completely turn their head on, you know, what they're thinking about for their next-gen console. Uh, but actually, now that I think about it, one thing it's worth mentioning too, I feel like maybe the reason they're jumping away from VR is they're really interested in that, uh, gosh, I want to say it's like AR, right? Augmented reality. 
Yes. Uh, Nintendo starting to dip a toe in it with this idea of uh, Pokemon, where uh, I think some footage got released lately. The Niantic folks they partnered with for their mobile games were able to get uh, Pikachu to hide behind real-life objects when you hold your phone out and catch the camera. Uh, I don't know what that looks like in terms of like a full-fledged video game console as opposed to a phone, which is what you know we know that uh, X, sorry, Microsoft is interested in, and I would imagine they're planning to incorporate foundationally in their next Xbox. Maybe it's not a VR headset. Maybe it's an AR headset. So I don't know. Uh, It is really interesting, but at the same time, we'll see exactly where it takes us. But uh, you know, kind of we talked about the last. Not you mm-hmm. mentioned that augmented reality that could really work with some like so they always have those cheap VR goggles you throw your phone in right right so what's I mean I guess you could open up an app for a game and then do the augmented reality that's interesting I never thought of that right that's a very good point where you especially if you got hardware and the phones could do it but um, you'd want to have basically cameras dual camera on the front mm-hmm. so that yep. it could capture your real surroundings stereo vision but yeah then it starts kind of implanting stuff on it especially you know microsoft a lot of the things they've done so far or uh, when they bought uh, minecraft is i've seen the ar headsets and stuff that are just test only i've not personally seen them but i've seen reporting on them and it's the kind of thing where here's your coffee table and they'll start putting minecraft it'll they'll build it on the coffee table so you can play it in front of you in 3d you can walk around see it move and stick to the surface of the coffee table basically so kind of cool stuff uh way down the pipeline i'm sure but it, i know it's something they're really focused on and it, i wouldn't be surprised if they were felt maybe they were spreading themselves a little too thin between vr and ar and they're betting on ar who knows you're talking some real skynet stuff here buddy skynet uh, yeah. and <laughs> vanilla sky or no minority port stuff where you're you start moving around your blocks in Minecraft. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. The future exactly. is now. Well, uh, speaking of the future and the right now, a Nintendo Switch, which, by the way, dude, I just bought Mario Tennis. And I've heard that's freaking, great. Dude, it's so much fun, but also one of the cheapest games ever as far as, like, the computer just mm, making you so frustrated. So it's very frustrating. I just played the – I beat the adventure mode. I played it pretty much all weekend. Uh, but, dude, great game. So anyway. Awesome. New news about the Switch. We talked about this in the past, about how you could actually go in and mod the Switch. But it seems that there could be some new issues uh, where there's some sort of countermeasure in piracy. Uh, Phil, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So in the in the spirit of, like, that's really ridiculous, there's a company out there, right, who beyond what as we had spoke about and you mentioned that there are folks who have figured out how to hack the switch there's a company out there who has developed basically a software os or like a jailbreaking piece of software it allows you to back up your games and it basically if the folks before that i had spoke about um that i read about in the news had figured out how to crack it this little organization of hackers had figured out how to utilize that crack and then created a tool that just allows as an end user who doesn't know a whole lot of coding and all this other stuff gives them the opportunity to back their games up to like a hard drive or whatever and uh you know it's kind of playing from there problem being that uh some of the people in the modding scene who had used it because oh yeah let me go back a step they're charging 20 bucks for it so that's kind of funny in (laughs) its own right like somebody that 
is their their whole tool is to yeah just trying to get rich off of other people's hardware and software right the idea that so you can play pirate software and have to pay for it but they still want you to pay them so that's kind of like it makes you eye roll a little bit but what makes you eye roll so hard you almost get an aneurysm is that some modders in kind of checking out the software themselves and kind of fiddling with it found basically a trap inside the software this company or not company this loose knit group of hackers were pawning off for 20 bucks a pop that if you were to try to remove or basically copy it and give it to some of your friends for free the same way again that they're trying to get you to do or certainly right. allowing you to do with their software if you were to do that it will brick your switch so I just thought that's that's insane and then funny just I don't know it kind of cracked me up the audacity of it all it's bad enough right you got you really have to have kind of some cojones to take on Nintendo like that but it's even uh. funnier to me that you're like by the way don't steal from us or we'll screw your system up I don't know it just kind of cracked me up that a pirate is going to try to claim intellectual property rights and do something about <laughs> the idea that somebody would take what their work and distribute it for free it's it's pretty rich I have zero interest in somebody trying to hack my switch none mm-hmm. um, it, for one it's a machine that's fine on its own and also, there's so many alternatives. Like, if you want to put a Nintendo game on your Switch, you might as well just go out and, like, fiddle around the Raspberry Pi. It's a much cheaper option, and mm-hmm. you can put more things on it. Yeah. So why not just go that route? I mean, I'm not saying I'm against the idea of hacking. I think it's cool that people are willing to go in and mess around with some stuff. But at the same time, there's other ways to do that. Now, I've personally, like, I've gone back and I have hacked a PSP mm-hmm. right and which is fine I mean because if if that thing goes I'm not out the $300 or however many much money I spent on the switch uh, I'm out the well in this case it was free I got it from stick for free but um, <clears throat> you know even now you can buy them for like what 40 50 bucks maybe even less yeah. than that depending on how you find them that's not a, as big as a gamble as your switch so I just I've, no. I guess I've just never understood people like even with the Xbox I think people even modded Xboxes so you could play like hacked ROM games, and so you could just download and burn things onto your on your Xbox, which I always thought was just I don't know some Russian sketchy hack that I was never really into. <laughs> um, sketchy Russians, yeah. No, it's yeah. it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I had not thought about this until this conversation right now. I was thinking in my mind, what consoles have I hacked that I've had. And uh, the list is longer than I would have thought <laughs> fresh in my mind. <laughs> That's right. So, you have hacked quite a bit. I remember Oh, uh, I'm afraid so. So it started with the PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to basically install a hard drive in it and back games up to it. All this stuff is really, I'm not necessarily proud of it. I'm just coming clean. Um, confessional here. That's right. PS2, PS3, the Wii. Um is that it? Oh, and then that little SNES Classic Mini I have. So, dude, you are just yeah, glutton for so. punishment. Yeah, basically, I don't. Yeah. So when I read about this with the Switch, there was as, as far as the part of me that was still laughing. Especially, uh, I've never bought, I've never purchased like software from some company to do it. Um, I don't know why that didn't sit as well with me. I feel like if you can't follow the instructions and find the files online, I don't know why I want to make some sort of honorable distinction it's just honorable as shit it doesn't matter uh but ultimately no i've uh i don't think i'd ever find myself necessarily in a situation like those who might be finding themselves in with this uh uh 
hacking software that's being sold for the Switch, but at the same time, uh, well, here's something kind of interesting. Nintendo's really taking it the next step in detecting uh, the folks who are facilitating hacking. What people have learned is that there's actually, I don't know if it's being randomly generated, but there's like a really long single-use code basically associated not just with every game they manufacture, but with every single game being sold, every unit. And so there's a way for them to basically check the file that you're running. And if it's already been online once and it's not associated with your uh, Switch account or your Nintendo account, then they know that you were using uh, pirated software. And that's not been a direction that they or really, as far as I know, any hardware company has taken in the past. So they're, uh, Nintendo isn't just smart. They're not just geniuses with making really great games. They're also geniuses with, you know, Proper, intellectual property protection, and they've always been. They've been I really think, good about that. They have they've been steps ahead generally. Um, yeah, I know their stuff gets hacked faster, but they care about it more than like our uh, like Sony and Microsoft. So, yeah, hats off but to Nintendo's them. Nintendo's always been leery to third party everything, so they always are very yeah. protective of their stuff. They're so very even protective for of the their Nintendo, stuff. like Tengen games, you know what I mean, uh, mm-hmm. and other third party stuff, you, they hated it. So yeah. Absolutely. It's, they Nintendo they take the ecosystem just, on no, their no, consoles no. very seriously. Yeah. That's uh pretty pretty crazy. I just I mean for me I just love my Switch so much. Uh I'd be devastated if something happened <laughs> yeah. to it. I played a lot of it this week between because Fortnite dropped and we're gonna talk about their Nintendo Direct a little bit later on, so this isn't the last time we're gonna talk about Switch. But Mario Tennis has been fun. Also they dropped a you can play Donkey the arcade version of Donkey Kong now on the Switch. And it's actually vertical, like it is in the uh, arcade. You know, so it's up and down. Uh, oh, it's not, right on! Yeah, it's pretty great. It was like eight bucks, and I'm enjoying playing that. Uh, I'm enjoying this. There's tons of shooters. Like a, I'm playing a vertical space shooter right now, which is insane. It's so many things happening. Uh, and I think the last time I played a shooter, shooter was probably Life Force. Um, that's how long it's been since I played a shooter. 1943 or something along those lines. <laughs> sure, Tiger Heli. Yeah, <laughs> everybody had a copy of Tiger Heli. That's right, um, but I've been playing some more games lately, and the Switch has so many great games: uh, Odyssey, uh, Legends mm-hmm. of the Breath of the Wild, uh, which yep. leads us into our next talking point, which is a game ends for me in a different way now. And this was brought up in an article on Kotaku, uh, where the person who wrote this article is basically saying he's getting like you get bored, and that's when you walk away. Uh, from the games the most instead of completing the games. Phil, do you find this as, say, a generational difference where if you look back when you were younger, you just played to complete? Or is this just because there's uh, so many things going on, we have shorter attention spans that it's hard to focus on like a 50, 60 hour game? Um, if I, if my answer to that is that it's kind of, excuse me, it's kind of both. I would say that, uh, for me personally, a lot of it is, yeah, I just simply don't have the time. Uh, a lot of it is, again, speaking anecdotally about my life, is you get married, and I don't know about other people out there, but uh, my wife is not that jazzed with me just taking up the living room uh, television set, playing a video game. So it's the kind of thing where, hey, she might go to sleep around 9, and it might be the kind of thing, like right now I'm playing uh, Link's Awakening again, uh, on Game Boy, but through the that hacked Super Nintendo I was talking about, and <laughs> so so yeah, I might get an hour in a night on that, 
And But I'll be honest with you, it's also a game that I quit playing a few months ago and just came back to. And there's been so okay. many games that I've... Not only have I quit, there's been games that I've almost like purposefully avoided knowing that the scale of them was too great and that I just was not going to be able to fit the time in my life to play mm-hmm. them uh, with, a, with a kid due in September. That that's going to be not only just like halved or something, it's going to be just demolished. I'm going to be stuck playing Super Mario 1 because I know it's a game that I can beat in six minutes. <laughs> that's about as much time as I'll have. Uh, and it's, yeah, it, it's a bummer. Um, maybe, I wish there was almost like a solution, right? Almost like an option screen. What if there was a quick version to games? Like understanding that some people are really going to enjoy it for its longer form. But... Uh, yeah, like Breath of the Wild, I've played bits of it over uh, my brother-in-law Kent's place. Excellent game. Like, just yeah. fantastic game. And it's a game I really would love to play through. But, I mean, it was... I was almost surprised that I was able to beat Wind Waker. And as far as I'm aware, this game, its scale is so much greater than that. So, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah it just seems like the kind of thing I cannot seem to wrap my uh my head around in terms of how to get through some of these larger games and i am i'm I'm sure missing out on a lot of really great games that are being released how about you is it kind of some similar stuff or you have kind of some differences well there's a couple things i think that play into this one games aren't as linear as they used to be right so when you played mario brothers you went right and (laughs) when you played ocarina of time there's at least an idea of where you were supposed to go now, Breath of the Wild does have that, and I've played a little bit of it, but you know, after reading this article, and by the way, the article is written by Nathan Grayson. It's a really great article. Uh, yeah, he's good. If you want to go uh, talk, uh, dig more into this and kind of feel like, oh, my God, that's why I'm not doing the things. But in it's also been my experience that there are a lot of distractions now in life, and not just, like, the wife, the kids, but it's all the screens that we're attached to nowadays, right? So mm-hmm. there's the idea that there's a second screen where when you watch TV, you don't just watch TV, right? Your phone is right next to you. You're checking that. Uh, you may have a laptop or a tablet uh, around you somewhere. Some people have multiple phones. Uh, I see this all the time when I'm playing Pokemon Go where literally somebody's playing with five phones uh, to do raids. And it's it's hard to get people's attention and to focus. And I think even with TV shows. So one of the things I teach in my class when we're talking about, um, you know, how film uh, shows are shot, literally camera angles change every two seconds, uh, because of the way that we consume media now, uh, it's instant. And I think that it plays a lot into it. But also there's part of me that remembers when I was younger was like when I'd come home from work at Mickey D's and I was closing the place down at 11 o'clock at night, I'm throwing on Ocarina of Time. I'm listening to uh, the radio and I'm going to play that thing until I fall asleep. Right. And I'm only going to play that game until I beat it. But now also, again, more options. So I could sit there and I could play Breath of the Wild. But, oh, you know, what? I've got Mario Odyssey. I need to play that. Oh, I got Mario Tennis. I need to play that. Uh, my friends are playing Fortnite. I need to play that. So it's hard to sit around and be enthralled by one game when some of them just don't grab your attention the way something else does. So yeah. I think you're right when you say that it's more of like a mixture of a lot of things because we're in our 30s now. There's a lot of shit happening. It's not just like we come home, we kick off our shoes and turn the video game machine on. 
you have to do some other things. You got to spend some time mm-hmm. with somebody. You have to, you know, go out and mow your lawn or whatever. And I know for some people those are ridiculous things that you have to do. And but I just I can't remember the last time that I finished a long game. Um, you know, I think the closest would be when I played Final Fantasy three, but I would also play that while right. I was walking on the treadmill. So it wasn't like I was just sitting around playing that. That's I, that true. was like, you, you know, there, there was something else going right. I had to fit it in. So yep. for me to sit or sit down and play Legend of Zelda, where I know that I'm at to play for at least four or five hours to like get into it after that one sitting, it's just not happening now. I don't have either the attention span or the time to do it. Right. So, well, let me, it's one of the things you mentioned too, about you coming home from work and you would play Ocarina of Time. Maybe a big factor of it as well is just the fact that uh, games in general, like Fortnite is free, right? Like it's it's free to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's go back to the era that we had um, Ocarina of Time. It's the kind of situation where, I don't know, uh, games were 60 bucks. There were no free games to get Duh, for Nintendo no 64. So you didn't have a library. You also didn't have an internet-connected console. There wasn't an endless content library at the end of your fingertips. And no. so I felt, if nothing else, like it, maybe that, too, kind of contributed to the ease in which you could stay on a title till it was beat because you just didn't have a library, like an infinite one, just kind of at the edge of your fingers. And maybe, and that's, I mean, like in some ways, that's kind of why I still find myself for, like you mentioned Final Fantasy three. I can't get myself to like get through Dark Souls and some of the games I know I would really like to play but are going to just take the work. Yeah. But I do still, you know, I went back and played uh, Earthbound for Super Nintendo not that long ago, and that mm-hmm. wasn't a chore. I was eager to tear that thing, you know, get back into it every day after work. So, yeah, uh, yeah there, I think there's something to it. Maybe just the the type of library that everybody's is at there. But uh, in any case, so I know we're talking about Fortnite real briefly and how that's free. Uh, the opposite of free is $450, <laughs> or that is an opposite. I read this week on uh, Ars Technica ran an article. <laughs> they were talking about how basically when it first came out, they did sell it as a AAA title, like 60 bucks um, for I, I would imagine PS4 and Xbox One, or maybe it was PS3. I don't know if it made it to that console or not. But in any case, that just because not because people need it, but because the fandom of this game is so great that those limited, I guess, physical copies that were 60 bucks are so few and far between now yeah. that, yeah, they're fetching collector prices already of $450. And then you think about articles like this printing, people didn't even probably know necessarily that, uh, you know, there were physical copies. Uh, not Who knows if they're reading Ars Technica? I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if it perhaps has even increased. Who's to say? Uh, I just figured uh, you're our definite... Fortnite guy, Rich, what do you think about $450 for a copy Tune of Tune into the Complete Inbox podcast for your Fortnite exclusives. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're collectors, right? This is what we, we do. We collect. This is why we started this podcast. This is why the name of our show is Complete Inbox, because we collect. But also for us, you and I, there is a limit on what we'll spend on a game. And yeah, for sure. and and how we collect. We're not going out. We're not going to spend five hundred dollars for a copy of Little Samson. We're just not going to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not. For no, sure. hell no. I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars on Bucky O'Hare. I'm not going to spend eighty dollars or seventy five dollars on a copy of Mega Man One. That's just not going to happen. 
Now, if I see him for well below market value, yeah, I'm going to jump on. If I see Mega Man 1 for, you know, 30, 40 bucks, yeah, I'll probably pick it up, right? So, for me, this is just ridiculous, man. It's This game isn't even, like, old. You know what I mean? And people are already forking out 450 bucks. So you mean if I had one right now, I'd sell it instantly. I wouldn't even wait for like the market to increase on this because there will be right. no market eventually. Agreed. So it's absolutely ridiculous that people are spending this. But also, people have money. And if they can spend it how they choose, I just don't know if this is going to look good on my shelf. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's not a, a page turner. This isn't, this isn't going to add anything to my collection. No, and it's not a power it's glove. It's also 1,000% not a fucking investment. So right. take that $450 and put it in the goddamn bank. Holy shit, I just got really <laughs> mad at that. Exactly. You could do a lot with that. Um, I feel like that's pretty much what the going rate was for a Famicom uh, at your uh, Indie PopCon. That guy was uh, <laughs> he was yeah. definitely selling games for $450. Good old shady video game it. Joe and his wares. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Fuck that guy. Well, good. I'm glad that you're you're sane. I knew you would be because that's some silly ass shit. The idea of 450 dollars for a game that's I free like the to game. Play. I like the game Fortnite. It's free, and I'll I'll it's admit free. When it comes to the DLC, I have paid for things like so. One of the things right now is one of the skins are soccer jerseys from every country. So you buy one skin, and you can mm-hmm. literally pick a different country whenever you want and put a number on it. So it's really cool so you could have like you know your number my number is 24 so i could run around in a soccer uniform my number 24 you know repping the usa or argentina or croatia or whatever and that's that's cool like that's fun for me because i'll use that thing over and over and i have no problem with people buying the dlc but if you're gonna spend 450 dollars on this you need to get your head examined and buy a switch buy a nintendo switch and play fortnite for free on your switch and you'll have a much better piece of equipment well, hey, speaking of uh, Switch, uh, these are good segues this episode. Look at us. Yeah, we're due. Look at us go. This is some Cranking real professional them. stuff going on right now. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I actually wanted to, I wanted to hear from you about, um, E3 this year, I really kind of snoozed on it, I'll admit. Um, I don't yeah. know what happened that week. It was Maybe I got inundated. I was like, I get it. E3's going on. And I just went back to bed. I was like, I don't care. But um, one of the things I know we had talked about last time that really kind of hadn't landed yet, but was sure to contain a lot of news for my number one Switch fan, Rich Green, is uh, Nintendo Direct at E3. So, yeah, I don't know, really know much about all that went down with that, but I'm sure you've definitely got the uh, the inside info on it. So Nintendo, I think, is doing really good at this. So these Directs, instead of like waiting for E3 to make all these announcements, I think keeps a lot of people in the loop. You know, you don't have Nintendo Power really anymore. and they, I know they do right. a Nintendo Power podcast, uh, so it's reaching a totally different audience. But Nintendo Direct is great. It comes out on YouTube. You can actually see what's going on. And so what they did was they announced some really important games coming up. One of them, of course, is the new Smash Brothers. Um, and I don't know if you're a Smash guy, Phil. I will tell you that uh, I am not. I've played it a handful of times, but I'm not a guy that's going to be go crazy. Same. Yep. But this new Smash might get me in because they have every single character that they've ever done. Oh, wow. That's every be massive single, then. Yeah. Like 65 characters, 64, 65 <laughs> characters. Jesus. And I think that only includes the ice clamors as one. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty big. 
and I think it's going to probably lead into some really good competitive Smash stuff. I don't think people really love the Smash on Wii U. Uh, in fact, a lot of people are still use they still use the uh, GameCube controllers to play Smash. So I think right. that uh, I'm not sure if this will lend itself to the new Pro controllers. I would hope that it would. Um, but uh, but yeah. Also, some other things they mentioned: new Mario Party. I love Mario Party, and I think this one's mm-hmm. interesting because in the video they actually showed it. You actually play it like a tabletop game. So you take your Switch off okay. the dock and play it like a tabletop. Oh, awesome! That's kind of cool. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Uh, other things coming out like Fire Emblem. Uh, I think there was a new Xenoblade uh, game coming out. A Bayonetta. Uh, s- other stuff. But another big one was that you could play right now Fortnite on the Switch. That was sort of a, a really, really, really big deal. Oh was sure. So Fortnite had they just to Switch. Had they just released it like right around E3 then, or had it been something that they, had been? They out? did it the same day they they released the direct. Oh, gotcha. So the, you that didn't have to sense. wait. Like it just said, like the president of Nintendo America came on and said, "Fortnite is here right now. Go ahead and go download it." Wow. And had journal and had gaming journalists had kind of cracked that story yet, or is it really pretty much a big surprise that they were, kept the whole people way? People had sort of talked about speculated. it. Speculated. Yeah. yeah, it was always a speculation that it was going to happen. Uh, the big news for that is that you can actually cross-platform with Xbox and PC players. Right, uh, but not Sony, which, which I'm so glad you mentioned. Sony. Yeah, right. Which, I feel like Sony, they, they have to fix that. They really do. Yeah. Uh, they even uh, released a statement. That bit I did read that everybody who was a Sony fan was really kind of like, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> like they were really yeah. disappointed because they're locked. Funny. You know, they're, not anybody has like 500 bucks to jump consoles around. But no. as a lot of people are increasingly interested not only in playing online, you know, massive multiplayer environments, they're also interested in playing with people on different consoles because, you know, not everybody's going to have the same thing. And it used to be that exclusivity of titles really did play well into the mm-hmm. hands of the hardware developer uh, as it went for years, but it's not the case anymore. And it certainly paints Sony in a bad light to not uh, to not be on the same board as the rest of them. I don't. I would imagine what is probably server issues, maybe even the programming style. But they did release a statement. Uh, it was. I don't even know why they bothered. It basically just said, we're, "We're listening to our fans out there, and we understand that they want to." You know, they didn't have any like plans. They didn't say anything about how they missed the ball on that, yeah, or any of that. It was just mostly, um, "Thanks for your input." <laughs> Otherwise, there wasn't much to it. So, yeah, yeah. it was too bad. Um, I'm sure a lot of fans, uh, sorry, a lot of uh, Fortnite players on PS4 are, are pretty disappointed. But uh, yeah, at the same time, I don't know if the player base is already so massive on the PS4 that it's not as noticeable. But uh, that's that might be more in your, your neck of the woods than knowing just how popular it is on one platform or another. Well, I mean, it's popular on every platform. But the big problem with that is like, so if you were to log into your account on a Switch, even if you had a PS4 mm-hmm. account, you have to start from scratch. You get you don't have any of your skins. You don't have your battle passes. You don't have any of like your emotes that you've earned throughout the uh, your time playing Fortnite. You literally have to start over if you're a PS4 person. You want to play on a different console. Whoa! So that's something I would have expected to be the case anyway. So I figured the difference was you were able to like just play against me using your Nintendo Switch account if I'm on Xbox or whatever. But no. then, so you're telling me there's an extra dimension to the yes. cross console functionality where you yep. could just take your everything, your whole profile mm-hmm. in Fortnite from one console to the other. 
Yeah. As long as it's not yes. Sony. Damn, yeah. I didn't know they had done that. That is kind of more. That's a, that's further than I had expected. I was so used to the old cross-platform idea where it was you could compete against people, um, but not that you could just carry your your identity across them. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. It's a big deal because, you know, with Fortnite, you have challenges and you have to reach a certain level to get certain skins and stuff like that. And right. so if you're like me and you play Fortnite mainly on Xbox and then let's say you I've got a lunch break and I want to play some Fortnite on my Switch, it's a lot easier for me to take my Switch than it is for me to take my Xbox to work, right? Or wherever I'm going. Uh, or if I'm at an airport and I've got Wi-Fi, you still have to use Wi-Fi in order to play um, on, on your Switch, obviously. But, sure. uh, you know, if I'm on the go, it, I can do some challenges. I can do the things that I want to do, and it makes it a lot easier uh, to log in. And I the same thing with my PC. So if I want to take my computer, I could play Fortnite and still have all my stuff. But if I were to jump to a PS4, nothing. Like, it's, I have to start completely over. Let me ask you this. So with Fortnite in mind. Um, the Fortnite exclusives about, right here. That's right. With Fortnite in mind, I'm thinking of World of Warcraft, where... That game came out, and it really there were games that were massive multiplayer online RPGs that preceded mm-hmm. it, but yep. no one had really nailed it yet. And because it was so successful, it almost perpetuated its own success. Because if you wanted to be in on the hottest game that was in that vein, there's no point. There's no point doing like I don't know what even was out at the time. I've, I'm drawing a blank. I know there of a couple that just aren't coming to mind. But if you wanted to participate, you needed to play World of Warcraft. Do you see that type of longevity necessarily in Fortnite that if if they're really just continuing to grow and really stay cross console, will everybody and they continue to add features, do you think everybody will just stay with it for years and it will kind of draw both the positives and negatives that come with that? Fortnite has done a really good job of keeping the game interesting and different by adding new weapons. They don't change the map a whole lot, but they do change it a little bit, and they add different features that allow the game to not always stay the same. It's not stagnant. And I can't say the same about PUBG because I've never played PUBG. But that seems to be the game that everybody compares to. What I think might be an issue is that the market gets flooded with copycats, and Mm -hmm. people start getting sort of over the idea of a battle royale type game. That's so true. I don't know if it's I, I don't know that. if it's a, I don't know if it's a, sustain, a sustainable model, but for right now, there everybody is making money. The developers are making money. The players who play on Twitch who are good are making money. There are a bunch of advertisers making a ton of money when they do these events. They just did a pro am in Vegas uh, where they had 50 pros and 50 celebrities come in and play video games <laughs> with the pros and they did a, like a, a tournament style. Sounds kind of cool. So yeah, it, it actually was kind of cool. And so it's, this game has definitely gone above and beyond what anybody expected. I think it stay, I think it stays hot for a, a number of years, but yeah, I th- can't say that it just transcends time the way wow does. Right. Where, and that's something you know, as it, <clears throat> even as we're talking about, it's been I had big con- for 20 years, right? I mean, Maybe even longer. Yeah. I can't remember when World of Warcraft, Warcraft came out. That'd be a stick question. But <laughs> sure. you know, people still pay a lot of money to play that game. And they're always coming out with new uh, versions of the game that add to your experience. So Fortnite does right. that, but on a more it's, it's a little sooner. 
I don't know if they ever charge for the game. I can't imagine at this point they changed their model because they're still making a lot of money on DLC. Who knows? Uh, but for me That's... right now, I, stay, I think it stays very popular for a number of years. I just don't know if it stays popular for 20. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, and I'm glad you mentioned. That's exactly what my thought was as, as I was, you know, we we're discussing it. It's uh, yeah, I had not considered for a minute that that free to play model certainly contributes, right? I think a lot of people would have been reluctant to necessarily jump ship from WoW at the time because everybody, well, you know, one, you're paying already what twenty bucks a month or something. I don't even yeah, know what it's it like. Been Fifteen back or then. twenty bucks a month, or you can spend like what, like you know, eighty for a year. I don't remember what it was. It's been so long since I played World of Warcraft, but. Yeah, exactly. So if you were doing that, the uh, the honest to then jump over to another game and pay another twenty bucks a month while you tested it out was probably, you know, it, it was certainly a deterrent. You're already putting your money into this one game, so you're reluctant to spend more money elsewhere when you've already, you know, it's a similar flavor of game. I wonder if the free to play model does allow some competition to uh, kind of get the spotlight a little bit from them, but we'll see. But yeah, I don't know if it'll stay as popular, but I'm I'll admit. I am surprised, uh, not necessarily a bad way, not trying to underestimate whatever company it is that's behind Fortnite, but I'd heard it mentioned, I knew it was a big deal, and I didn't give a shit, admittedly I still don't, but that's just because it's not my necessarily a style of game, but I am impressed with uh, not only its staying power, but what it looks to be increasing adoption yeah. and staying power. Well, like, it definitely I'm bridges shocked. generation gaps too, so I play with my... with. Bmall's nephew, who's like ten years old, you know what I mean. So it's like mm-hmm. uh, you play with somebody who's young, or you can play with somebody who's in their fifties and sixties. You know what I mean. Like so, I play with my dad, who will play with us, or I'll play with my uncle, who will play with his grandson. You know what I mean. So it's just like it's a game that everybody's picked up. I think because it's free, and I think they found like a really good model. So, like I said, we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, I'm not saying everybody should play it. But it's a good diversion for me because it's a game that if I die, I can queue up again. I'm not going to say it's not frustrating because I hate losing by some mm-hmm. thirsty dude who just wants kills. But it's definitely a game that's, I mean, everybody can play it. Speaking I really of everybody, check it out for yeah, sure. You give it a shot. You can play it on your PC. You can play it on on, our, on everything now, Phil. You got this. Uh, yeah. But speaking no, of popularity, right. one of my favorite events uh, is the Game Done, the Games Done Quick series. So we're at Summer's Game Done, Summer mm-hmm. Games Done Quick, which is a charity event where people speedrun games for an entire week, 24 hours a day, and they raise money. And I think they're raising money uh, for the summer for Doctors Without Borders. Uh, oh, good. We're up, yeah. We're up to about $800,000 as of right now, and it's only been oh going gosh. since Sunday at noon. And I think it ends on Sunday. So usually there's some big donations that come in late. I know they've raised over, it's gone up every year. Every year, and it yeah. started so small, in just like somebody's like bedroom, and it's gone to where they're at convention centers now, and they sell out tickets yeah. to like watch, and at any time, a hundred thousand to one hundred fifty thousand people are watching. Uh, this is how good much video game. I was gonna say, how much do you kick yourself? We had been watching it, not necessarily the bedroom days, but we had known about it, and we were checking out when it was still, you know. It was much smaller, so much yeah. smaller, especially the summer one. And you and I had even kicked the idea around, like, man, you know what we should do is try to get some time off work and check this out. Like, yeah. for me, there's no way I would go now because it is so massive. But how cool would that have been to necessarily have gone there early? I mean, I know it's it's a super – it's nerdier, I think, by a, by a magnitude <laughs> than, like, a Comic-Con. 
but I love that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, I think you and I would do well there. I think we'd under. I think we'd do better here than we would at Comic Con. Right. I think these would be more our people. They may not shower as much as we'd like them to. <laughs> but, Fair enough. I, but I also think of so. One of my favorite things to do after S, after the GDQ, whether it's uh, Awesome Games Done Quick or Summer Games Done Quick, is to watch cringy moments. Like somebody puts together the cringy moments. Oh, I know, dude. They're horrible. Ugh. Uh, and then you get to the point like Chibi. You know what I mean? I want to just mm-hmm. make a toast to Chibi. I think he actually changed his Twitch name. That's how oh. bad, much You can't uh, walk chibi away from to. Chibi, Chibi. You're, you're Chibi forever. That's yeah. no, no, sir. Not allowed. Old Chibi. <laughs> Yeah, old Chibi. That old, that old dedication Chib. was the best where they held that eulogy or whatever, that funeral for that. Dude, uh, I that's right. <laughs> Satoru Iwata. I forgot about the service he had for oh wow. This is so this is very meta. No one out there listening is gonna get it, but no, nobody this, chib, will get it. this Chibi dude, it's he's a trip. He's a weird and like a sad dude. My favorite Chibi moment, since we're just going to talk about him real quick and then we can be done, is, <laughs> this is, the, chibi is uh, the Chibi moment. Where were you when Chibi did X, uh, did blank? No, when Chibi, somebody called a pizza to his house and his mom came up the stairs and just annihilated him while he was on stream and just about how you need to tell your people on the internet to stop doing this and you know that that's gonna work straight up streisand effect i bet they got like 50 pizzas delivered <laughs> like in the next 20 minutes so yeah that chivy dude's a trip um no what i love about sgdq though one thing i did want to say um i have not really checked it out this week i a lot of times i wait for it almost to kind of play out and uh go back and find the stuff i'm interested in checking yeah, out watch it's, the vods it's never really all great it. about loading up vods it's awesome Awesome, good. Because I remember before it was in other previous years. Again, it's been growing so quick that I just don't think they necessarily had the resources. But I really enjoy the races, especially like watching four people try to beat like the yes. Mega Man series game back to back. I love yep. checking out people racing. There are you know they're so great at it, and just trying to you know watching these people just annihilate these games from our childhood. But seeing who can go the quickest is I don't know even. And explaining it, if you haven't seen it, you're thinking, that sounds like the biggest waste of time possible. Even my wife, uh, even Kate, I had it on one time, and she was just like, okay, this is actually pretty cool. Because <laughs> you're really watching somebody right. um, who's just really skilled. And it's it's a lot of times it's really like neck and neck for 25 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, where you're just kind of like, wow, this is really going back and forth. And it is it's exciting. I think it's it, it's good stuff. I love watching that. Yeah, big fan. I uh yeah, some of my favorite moments of, of, of again in the races, and I think they're introducing some more of the randomizer stuff now, which awesome. is pretty great. Those are great too. Mm-hmm. I, I love watching like a link to the past randomizer races because when it's a randomizer race, you don't know what's going to happen. When if you were to watch a Legend of Zelda race, you know the route, you know where everybody's going. Exactly. At that yep. point, it's about execution, and some people are going to execute better than others. But with a randomizer, your choices matter, which I think is. Pretty mm-hmm. freaking great. Speaking of great, Phil, I want to incorporate a new segment into our show. All right. And I don't want to do it like our friends over at the Loose Thursday podcast where we got in trouble because we stole their top five, whatever. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, that's too bad. I was actually going to ask that I thought Edison invented top five after the light bulb, but no. So they got <laughs> to it first. I'm sure they filed a patent on top five, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I'm sure did. that before, some people have done top six, 
we know top 10, you know, there's at least one mm-hmm. person that maybe a top four, but no one had gotten a five yet. So tip of the hat, I think that, you know, credit where it's due, <laughs> they should keep top five because it's, they invented it. Yeah. They... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Phil clapping back. This is so good. It's so mm-hmm. good. Uh, but I would actually like to do a subreddit of the week where All right. one of us says a subreddit of the week and we encourage people to go check out this subreddit. So, Phil, are you ready for the first ever, the inaugural subreddit of the week? <laughs> I am. I was born ready for this moment. Okay. So, the subreddit of the week is R Creepy Asterix. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Phil, have you heard of this subreddit? Uh, no, that's that's off my radar. I gotta admit. Okay, so this subreddit is about essentially creeps sending <laughs> texts to girls as like a uh, role playing, right? So it'd be like, um, "Hey, how are you?" And the girl would be like, "Oh, I'm fine. How are you?" And the guy would be like, asterisk, unzips pants, pulls out wiener, and strokes it in front of your face, other asterisk. And the, the girl's just like, what just happened? Like, this Great. just got so weird. Uh, but I happened upon this. I think it made it to the like the top of Reddit all one day. It's got 187,000 subscribers. This. Uh, oh, wow. This, that is yeah, pretty. It's, it's yeah. pretty substantial. But yes. let's go. Let's, I'm going to look up the top of all time real quick. Okay, top of all time. I'm actually, I just got there, and this is, I'll admit, I've, I've liked the element of surprise in this segment. I have not, I've never heard of such a thing before, so uh, let me go to Blink's top all time, see what we have. <laughs> okay, so let's look, let's look at this top one. So the first one, all right, so oh, it's... It's only 15 days old, dude. The one that's the top all time is only two weeks oh old. Oh, my that's God. Crazy. So, hey, do you want to read? Okay, so let's let's do this like a play. Okay. Okay. So I'll take the asterisk. You take the blue. Got this? Okay. And let's, and let's read through it. Okay. And let's, let's not even read all the way. Like, don't, I don't want you to read forward. Okay. Let's just go through this. All right. You got it. So I'm going to start. All right. Here we go. Hi. Hey, who's this? Clears throat. It's Brandon from class. Sweating profusely. This is, I I need to say the asterisk. <laughs> uh, um, I think you got the wrong number. Ha ha. Asterix looks down at ground, twirling thumbs. Shannon g- g- gave me your number. Oh, all right. I know where I, I got to interject really quick. The dude wrote G dash G A V E. Like yes. he wrote the stutter g- gave. Yeah, all right. The, yep. That's in there. Yeah. That's, that's cool. But you have the wrong number. I'm a 25 year old man. Come on. It's Brandon from econ. I asked Shannon for your number. Let's hang out. Asterisk, hand itching to unzip pants. Asterisk. <laughs> uh, Brandon, you have the wrong number. I'm not a woman. I literally have a mustache. And then I send a dick pic. As one does. And then yeah. I send a picture of me <laughs> with <laughs> a look a look of disappointment and a mustache. And, and it then says, I say, oh, you poor, poor yeah. man. And then I say no, and you say... Yes. Yeah, so that's creepy asterisk. So you can go through, and there's all kinds of really... Just great stuff. Oh, here oh we go. Uh, Asterix kisses your supple bare breasts and areolas. Runs fingers through hair. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude, those are terrible. You know what that makes me think of is 
uh, like when the internet first started showing up and people were trying to like, you know, ASL, trying Mm -hmm. to get into a private chat room. I'm pretty sure that is the 2018 equivalent is now apparently getting the wrong phone number from your friend Shannon and Econ and blowing up this dude's phone with a picture of your wiener. So, you know, how far we've come yet how, how short we've traveled. So look at that. The future oh is in creepyasterix.com. <laughs> or not, sorry, dot .com. At uh, so, reddit.com slash r slash creepyasterix. Yeah, that's our subreddit of the week. So if you want a good laugh, uh, go check those out. Or if you're the person who does this, stop doing it. It's not cool. Right, don't do that. Don't add, don't be creepy. One, don't add, put asterisks around the stuff you say, especially if it's creepy. Oh, the cringe factor is real. <sighs> It is true, <laughs> the true cringe. Yeah. Um, well, hey, one thing I definitely wanted to cover uh, as we're wrapping up was I know we had talked about, I don't know if Westworld was what we covered that last time. I think it was the time before. Um, and we had, I think we we've, had, uh, I think we've brought up Westworld just about every time since like weekend. Okay, we have? All right. Yeah. Well, I knew we throw we threw a little shade on uh, uh, the Shogun World Shogun that I still World stand by. But the show has finished its second season. I stand by the fact that I think the Shogun episodes, Shogun World episodes, were the lowest uh, of interest to me. Okay, um, so before so, before you say anything, so is this yes. is this going to get spoilery? Very spoilery because it's all right. You, so spoil done. alert! This is the Westworld spoiler, and I'll make sure I make a note of it when I upload this. Yeah, podcast. raise the sirens. True right. spoiler alerts. All right, Phil, got bring it. it on. Let's go. What do you got for me? So um, the first thing is I actually. Uh, a friend of mine here in town, uh, Joel, who's uh, I've been checking out the podcast. He shot me a text, and he was like, "Man, are you watching uh, Westworld? Basically, you know, as your your faith will be restored." And he was right. It was the episode with uh, Akecha, where it kind of backfilled the yeah. whole myst- uh, the mythology of the maze and, and all of that. And yeah, I just thought that episode, despite it, uh, I'm very much interested in getting back to the primary drivers of a story i don't know sometimes i catch myself being a little too much into the the meat and potatoes of it so i was wanting to see more of the bernard and uh dolores stuff but that episode despite it really kind of just only being background i thought was excellent it's a really beautiful episode and yeah i felt like uh, one it restored my faith and two the rest of the the season really um, was excellent and it, it uh got me back on track faith was fully restored at that point, how about you? Is there any uh, episodes so wait, since Shogun World? So wait, World? wait, 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 wait. Let me back. So you're you're back on. Like you're you're good. Oh, I'm good, hundred percent good. good. Oh yeah. Seriously? Yeah, man. Wait. So you're saying that following the end of the season? Yeah. Oh, dude, I thought. Yo, it was excellent. what happened is what? Like that's okay. So like I couldn't follow. <laughs> like I go, I don't understand how you could sit here in my face and tell me, or in my phone, whatever. That you were like, yeah, dude, I got it now. This is cool. It all came together. No. Yeah. There's well, nothing well, that led, you, like. What are you puzzled no. on? Here's what I don't know. Here's what I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the satellite that they projected to. Um, and then I don't know. She had five CPU cores or whatever in her bag as she got off uh, Robot <laughs> Island or whatever the hell it is. And so she's brought back, uh, you know, I don't know if she'll just. She got. I mean, I don't know if Teddy is gonna be in somebody else's body because I'm sure Teddy's one of she, them. And then she killed herself, and and then you got herself back into a Dolores body, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, dude. No, I'm out. No, I can't. Oh my I god, I didn't that's understand great. any no, part of it. it. 
<laughs> it and, did get weird, right? And so like, and you see like they open up the the pathway, right? For the oh right host the door to like or go on into the next world. It's like you can go live in the beyond. Welcome to mm-hmm. the beyond. This is Westworld. We do what we want. We make up we make up shit as we go. They really do. That's fair. It, there's and, uh, there were there's yeah. And then you find out like Logan comes back and essentially tells you like eh nobody's human anymore. There's literally nothing that's human anymore. And then the man in black, William, you realize that during that time, he's not human either. And it's like, what the fuck happened? Like, I was so confused. And well, I, and like now there's like unlimited timelines. There's literally unlimited timelines. I don't have that impression at all. Hold on a minute. So let me wind this back. So you were talking about how they went and saw Logan and they were saying there are no what? Essentially, like humans are like a thing of the past. Or like, oh, I didn't get that impression at all. Wait a minute, seriously? what are you talking about? No, yeah, they, no. They, they, to me, you mean they the were library talking they about, were in. Yeah, essentially, well, where they had well, everybody's like. Good. The guests. The Those were the all guests. Those were all the yeah. guests that they had gotten through the hats. Yeah, but people exist. Right. I'm, I understand that people exist, but on the show, you have no idea who a person is and who isn't, other than the oh. two guys, who were like the the fixers of the robots. Because they couldn't mm-hmm. see the opening to the next world, right? So you could, you knew that they were human. Oh, that I didn't actually consider that. That's a really, as far as a litmus test, yeah. But you're right; that definitely factored in um, that the so, guard, you know, that the folks coming on didn't see it because they weren't, uh, they weren't hosts, right? Yeah. So it's just, and then you find out like the entire time that I mean, and stop me if I'm wrong, but the man in black was a host as well. Well, hold on. That's where I am not. I don't take away from the show that he was a host after all. So I thought he was now, and, and I'm unsure. And you've actually checked out the subreddit for on yeah. uh, Westworld more than I have, so you might have some input that I don't. But um, the man in black, when he was digging into his forearm, I thought I saw some metal shining, but maybe I didn't. Did you? I don't remember that. I didn't put too much. All right, stuff. well then he I, did. I tried. I, I I quit trying to like figure it all out, and I'm still okay. not sure. I'm like into. Well, I'm pretty sure he's out. not a host. I'm pretty sure at that point he's not. He is a host later, and that's because right. he he got his wish. Right? He wanted. He was this whole time the man was chasing eternal life. Yeah. It just didn't shake out like he wanted because it shook out like it did for his father-in-law James Delos, in yeah. that somebody kind of comes in disappointedly. And looks down with like sad puppy dog eyes at oh you poor excuse for a sentient being, and interviews him for five minutes and then puts him away. So the very very end because you saw the post credit scene then right as far as the part where, or did Bernard, you? Bernard goes into the house. No, after the credits, uh, the man in black goes and he come. Remember how he went in that elevator to get down to the not the cradle the vault or whatever it was mm-hmm. in the valley beyond. Well, part of his, uh, it was really, really, really far in the future, is it's all completely destroyed. Like, that part of the park is just in desolate condition. And the doors open up, and he's confused. And he goes in, and it's the same room, the same layout as it was for James Delos. But it's his daughter in there, Juliet, who is asking him the questions about, you know, I'm here checking for fidelity. Yep, I see Okay, cool. So at that point, yeah, he's definitely a host at that point. But... I guess I don't have a clear answer as to when he becomes a host, but I I felt as though the show was trying to signal that he wasn't during the 
um, I guess during the parts where like he got his hand shut off, shot off, and all of that. I don't know. Uh, maybe he was a host at that point too. It's it's quite possible, but um, I know that he becomes a host later, mainly because he wanted to to live forever. And in a sad twist, like a Faustian bargain, it sounds like he got it. So made I don't know. I thought it was really good. It was a deal with I... the devil for sure. I'm gonna keep watching because I'm so invested. But I really need to go oh, yeah. back and rewatch this season. I just need to because I feel like I missed everything. Yeah, and, and I think the, the way they play with the time, it gets really confusing. Like it was really hard for me to untie what parts Dolores was, Char- what type, what parts was Charlotte Hale, Charlotte Hale, and what parts was Dolores, Charlotte Hale. Because yeah. the way that they is what they call her on Reddit now. I think it's Shaloris. I think Shaloris. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, cool, man. One of the one of the, my favorite channels on YouTube that helps unpack a lot of this stuff is Alt Shift X mm-hmm. on YouTube. Um, they unpack like how things mean, and they do that with Westworld. They also do it with Game of Thrones to like sort of help bring it all together. And I'm kind of looking forward to watching that, and maybe it'll help unpack some things for me. But I'm the entire time I'm watching, I'm just like, okay, like I don't know where to look left or right. It's just so much happening. So. I don't know. I, I'll keep watching if they if they bring it back. I think they will because I think people still like it. But. Oh, they will. It's got a third season for sure. I would imagine though it's got to wind down. But I'm I'm excited. We'll see what happens now that they're because they've really been kind of sparse with what the real world is meant to look like or the you know or the affairs within it. Right? You only yeah. get to see it through people who visit this place on vacation. So I'm I'm curious uh, to see kind of where the direction the show takes. But I'm with you in that. The show only it doesn't hold itself very responsible. Um, there, there are so many times where I'm kind of almost shouting at the TV. Somebody will do something five minutes into a calamity, and it's kind of like, God damn, why didn't you just do that five minutes ago and, <laughs> and like not had to go through all this shit? Yeah. So, but yeah, they do. They play fast and loose, but at the same time, I just think it's so beautifully shot, written, and and filmed that I, I can't help but just really, really enjoy it. Yeah. All right. I okay. I'll let you have that. I'll let you have it. But I'm still. <laughs> my faith is not restored. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week's uh, episode of the Complete Inbox Podcast. Um, Phil has to leave because his wife is about ready to watch Jersey Shore. We don't want her to interrupt. Yeah, we uh, can't. We, we would hear her shouting at uh, old Ron Ron. I'm pretty sure from the other room because uh, that guy super sucks. Don't worry, I shout louder than she does. If I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> As I've been watching it, I hate that dude to death. Sucks. Isn't crappy TV great sometimes? Like I love Jersey Shore. It, I'm actually gonna. I'm trying to get caught up on the season myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty bad, but it's also I guess pretty good in like the worst possible con- condemnation of humanity type of way. But yeah, good stuff. Well, awesome, we'll be man. back again after the Fourth uh, of July. I guess we'll we'll keep in touch. Maybe we'll get one in next week. Who knows? Um, check out check us out on uh, iTunes your podcast app on apple google play stitcher podbean and now phil i got the notification we are on spotify holy smokes dude we are everywhere i love it yeah we are all over the place and we're averaging almost 50 listens per episode so hey excellent up there from our first one having 12 moving on up moving on on up yeah that was really good we were in sync there that's great uh, <laughs> yeah, so check us out next time on the Completed Box Podcast. Still have a good day. You too, Rich. Great talking to you.